0: Somber episode of Buckeye Bombast with Bill Haven and the Boy.
1: I suppose we shall.
0: (laughs) Okay, so, um, yeah, first things first, looking at the bowl challenge, uh, I am presently getting my butt kicked. Uh, I think I sent it to you, right? You have 432, and I have 374.
1: Okay. There's, uh, what, four or five games left total?
0: There are four games uh, left. There is the uh, three bowl games, one today, one tomorrow, and then I think one on Monday. And then there's the national championship, which is on uh, the following Monday. Correct. And – I need to go find – do you know offhand what the spread is for the championship game? I do not. All right. We'll have to look that up um, because you're taking LSU. I'm taking Clemson. Uh, So each of the four remaining games we have opposite. You're taking Nevada. I'm taking Ohio. You're taking Tulane. I'm taking Southern Miss. You're taking Miami. I'm taking Lafayette. You're taking LSU. I'm taking Clemson. And basically, long story short, I believe <laughs> all all of these have to go my way um, for me to win. I think uh, you've pushed sufficiently ahead, and with the uh, <laughs> the numbers we have on them, because I only I do have 34 on the one today that would bring me closer, um, but the next two I have five and four respected respectively. And then I have 40 on, on the national championship. Okay. Uh, also in terms of overall record, um, yeah, those are your points. What was it? 432. Um, and then your record is 22 and 14, which is pretty good. Um, Mine, not so good. It's 19 and 17. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, again, the real killer for me <laughs> was that game yesterday. Uh, I wasn't watching it, but I was keeping track of it um, online while I was doing some things. And it looked like Indiana had the game in, in, under control for most of the game until very late in the fourth quarter. And I, I, I last saw it when Tennessee scored to make it 22-16, and I saw there was like four and a half minutes left, and I'm thinking, you know what? <laughs> I bet you they end up winning this by the extra point, and that would doubly screw me. Because, <laughs> you know, the STC would win, uh, number one, and then secondly, it would be off by a half of a point. Yep. Because uh, they were favored by one and a half. They only won by one. <laughs> you put um, 30 33 on there. Um, and then yeah that, that allows you to uh, pull ahead because of that half a point. Yeah. Half a point. Drives me nuts. Yeah.
1: At, uh, yeah Indiana So pretty much three Big Ten teams that were the better teams and had the game and then choked it away at the end.
0: Yeah, Wisconsin, similar. They had the game, they choked it away. Um, Ohio State, and we'll get to that, obviously, uh, had the game and choked it away. And, you know, right now, um, you know, we had a whole whole season of bombast, where I waxed poetic about the SEC not being this conference that everybody talks them up to be. Um, And and then I said, you know, not only is the Big 10 better, but the Big 12 is better. Well, here are the Power 5 bowl records so far. The Big 10 is 4 and 5, and I think that's where they'll finish, right? They don't have any more. The Big 12 finished at 1 and 5, so they were terrible. SEC 7 and 2. Um, yeah, with a chance, obviously, to increase that a notch. Uh, the PAC 12, four and three. Uh, and the ACC, four and six. Um, so the ACC yeah, really performed like, like I thought they would. PAC 12 surprised me a bit. Um, but uh, you know, a couple of theirs were <laughs> some of those, you know, like uh, Oregon over Wisconsin, which they won, so you got give to them, give them the credit where credit's due. Uh, almost like a, a bookend season for them, you know, uh, blowing it at the beginning of the year, blowing it at the end of the game, and, of course, this, uh, to their last game um, coming back uh, to win. So almost poetic for them, I guess. Uh, Big 10 was very close. I so like Indiana. Probably should have beaten Tennessee. Ohio State absolutely should have beaten Clemson. Um, Wisconsin should have won, you know, those three, you know, if they win those three, like they should have, they would be seven and two themselves, but alas, right. I mean, they didn't. And so as of right now, we will have to go into next year and there won't be any argument until, as I believe, you know, the the, uh, uh, out-of-conference schedule is pretty much done. There won't be any argument. You know, the SEC will go into next year, uh, being Ballyhooed as being the best conference, and there's little we can say, uh, given the way they've performed so far in the bowl games.
1: Yep, that is, that
0: is very Of course, I always, you know, I always say, you know, in bowls, it's a little different because it's um, you know, the matchups. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's the best indicator you have going into the year. You don't have anything else going into a new season but how they did in the bowl, so you kind of have to go with it. Um, right. Indiana should have beat Tennessee Tennessee was not that great this year yeah. You know? so that was actually a good matchup T- Tennessee-Indiana was a good matchup and the score kind of showed that um, Ohio State-Clemson, good matchup Iowa-USC, pretty good matchup Wisconsin-Oregon, good matchup um, so they had some, some good matchups, they just couldn't I mean, get it done
1: Minnesota-Auburn was a good matchup too and-
0: yes that was another one that helped you because I think you put quite a bit on uh, Minnesota. Or I actually you had uh, like six. Right, you had six, but uh, yeah, that was... Um, I had a lot more on Auburn. I had, where was it? I had 37 on Auburn. Oh, wow. so, that, yeah. so that kind of uh, crushed me there. But I was happy to see Auburn lose uh, to Minnesota. Uh, definitely happy to see that. Um, so that's where we are with the bowl challenge, uh, after the national championship, we'll see where we stand. Um, so let's talk about the aftermath. All right.
1: Where do you want to start?
0: Well, I would like to start by saying Ohio State lost. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they, lost, they lost the game. They took the game away. Uh, the refs did not lose the game for them. They lost the game themselves. That being said, when you're playing a team the caliber of Clemson, it sure does not help to have some outside force come and put shackles on you, which frankly they did. So first and foremost, just have to admit it. Clemson won the game. Ohio State lost. The refs did not lose the game. Um, Ohio State was up 16 to nothing. And on a couple of those possessions, Uh, very deep in the red zone. They came out with field goals instead of touchdowns. You know, just one of those is a touchdown. You know, how how does it go, right? Um, After the really terrible targeting call, it was followed up by a terrible pass interference call, but that notwithstanding, Clemson marched down the field and scored. They took advantage of it. They marched down the field and scored. And frankly, during... uh, There's a... I think Ryan Day got out-coached a little bit. Um, once Clemson scored, Sweeney felt the momentum, and he capitalized on it, and they were able to go in and score again, right, to, to get to 14, to, to close the gap. Um, and then just minor things after that that I remember. You know, so, for example, I, even though at the end of the day it didn't have any bearing, why – they did not go for two when, you know, when they were up 22 to 21, when they scored that touchdown, you go for two, it's fourth quarter. I mean, that's textbook. Textbook game theory tells you fourth quarter with that difference, you go for two. Uh, So that to me, that was poor coaching. That's on Ryan day, even though it seems to have no bearing on the, on the final score. It was indicative of getting out coached. Especially in that fourth quarter, um, you know, when that targeting call didn't go their way, you could almost feel Ohio State getting nervous. Like, oh my, oh my God, <laughs> something's about to happen, and, and that's what it felt like. And something did happen. They went down, they scored, and then scored again. Um, that's coaching, right? Get your take your team size. You know what? Hey, we got screwed with that call. Forget about it. Let's go forward, right? Um, and then also, Sweeney was using his timeouts at that point effectively uh, to, to get that next score and to prevent us from scoring again going into the half. Mm-hmm. So I, I just felt that um, – I, I do felt that they got outcoached a bit. But I'm going to come out and say it. Ohio State was a better team. I, I strongly feel Ohio State had the better team. They were the better team. Um, but they which lends to the fact that they they choked it away, they choked that game away.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, there are a few, I think, major plays that really lost them the game. Um, if, if you're looking at the stats, if you would have told me that Dobbins would have rushed for 175 yards and they would have had I know 516 total yards of offense. I would have said yep. Ohio State wins this game. There's no doubt in my mind. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and that's and that's what happened. I mean, even on that last drive, uh, where they had what a minute and a half, Ohio State drove through them like hot knife and butter. I mean, they were they were doing that the majority of the game. They were able to drive easily on Clemson. Yeah. Uh, it's just the fact that yeah they got in the red zone and the play calling became. Vanilla, and they couldn't move the ball all of a sudden like they had been all year. I mean, the red zone of touchdown percentage was, I think, what, the second or third best in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the play calls for it. Uh, we, we definitely saw it against Michigan. I don't know why some of those plays didn't come back. Right. Uh, but, yeah, uh, for some reason, I I don't know what happened in the red zone, and that, that was the name of the game. Um, yeah. Of course, the, the two-point conversion at the end was big. Uh, I think something that led up to that, Ohio State had the ball with, what, like eight and a half minutes? They took five minutes. They had that fourth down and three at the 37. And instead of going for it like it felt he should, that's when they punted the ball. Granted, mm-hmm. they, they got it on the four-yard line. If they get that first down, though, they probably only need one more, and the game is yeah. theirs. Yeah, that was uh, I agree. It. They should have went for it on that fourth down. I think that was yeah. a huge momentum call that day did not take uh, because yep. it was too conservative. Um,
0: regardless. And, and honestly, uh, Urban Meyer would have gone for that one. I mean, I just reflect back because he did it a couple of times in very critical games that 2014 year. Um, and he even came out afterwards. You know, he said that that's, that's having faith in your offensive line. He had faith in the offensive line. 2016, you know, as we had shared, you know, prior to this, you know, it wasn't the same offense. Um, it, you know, you probably may, maybe not with that team, but with this team, and to your point, the way they move the ball most of the uh, most of the game, and, and with that offensive line, you go for it, go for it on fourth and three, um, especially in the 37 yard line. It made no sense. Um, and even with that, you know, Hobiel, uh, you know, wasn't in line for the grocer award or anything, but he's hit 50 plus yard field goal. He hit the one against uh, Northwestern, right? Yeah. The 37 yard line, that's basically the equivalent of a 50 far, 54 yard field goal indoors, <laughs> right? The guy made, I think it was, was it a 55-yarder against Northwestern? 51? Yeah. Right there. It, it, within that general realm, 55 wasn't out of the question itself. So if you're going to kick the ball, you field feel goal there. Um, you know, at worst, there's an extra three points there, um, and, and things might be a little different. You, you, you don't know.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, at that point, they would have been up um what 20 26 21 um yeah. Clemson just kicks a extra point there and they're up 3 uh right 27 yeah they kick an extra point and they're up 3 and Ohio State doesn't have to or they get down there they can call more conservatively and at least play for the field goal if they have to descend into overtime
0: right but into that point, uh, again, you go for the two, and in theory, you get it. You're up 24 21. You get that field goal. You're up 27 21. Right? Yeah. Uh, to your point, Clemson goes down and scores. They don't even bother going for the two like they did because they did there. They, 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 they were 29, right? So they went for the and they got to win nine twenty-three. 23 They don't even bother because it doesn't make sense to. 29 or 28, either way. If you, and, and, yeah, to your point, okay, you get the ball back. Uh, that last, last play for the interception, you're lining up to kick a field goal to win it and be done with it. Um, so, yeah, again, I think all of that just kind of lends to the fact that uh, Ryan Day, who had a great year, fantastic year, uh, deserves a lot of kudos for the wonderful year they had. He got out coached. Yep.
1: Um, and frankly, uh, you know what really came back to Hanum was uh, the position that you know we felt they were the weakest at. Uh, you know, if you look at the majority of the game, um, I mean, the secondary was was awesome. Uh, their big receivers did not make big plays. The D line was nope. awesome. Etn only had I think 38 rushing yards total. Uh, it wasn't a yeah. lot. Uh, his longest yard, longest run was eight yards, so he was held in check. Besides his um, couple big catches, All uh, right. Otherwise, where did their chunk yards come from? It came from Tre- Trevor Lawrence running when the linebackers were out of play. Um, yeah. And and against. Uh, I think those two big plays, um, Josh Proctor was in, and he took a couple bad angles. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was basically backup safety and uh, linebackers out of position that caused those big chunk plays, and Chunk Clemson capitalized on them. Otherwise, uh, Ohio State's defense held up throughout that whole game. And so... That's yeah, that pretty much what great. is disappointing about it as well. Say it again. Can you hear me all right?
0: I can hear you. Awesome, I have awesome. it I have it recording. Let's hope it uh, stays recording and doesn't give out throughout the whole thing so that we can have another episode of Hacker Bob Bass with the Head on the Bridge.
1: It has been a a long time since the last one.
0: A very long time. The last one didn't make it to uh, press because the audio didn't work very well. It was the post-Fiesta Bowl where we waxed poetic about the loss to Clemson. But alas, it did not air because the audio from Skype was crap.
1: Should we uh, make a quick recap?
0: Yeah, I was thinking we should. We, we've we had a lot of time to, to stew about it, to think about it. You know, I know that we had pin, uh, opinions after that game. I wonder if they changed. I know mine didn't really change too much.
1: <clears throat> no, mine didn't change all that much either. Um, okay. Go for it.
0: No, you go ahead.
1: <clears throat> well, I mean, look in the... Looking back on it, uh, I mean, all in all, it was just a very disappointing loss. Uh, I mean, they definitely should have won that game. Yeah. Um, there's no two buts about it. Uh, they played well for the majority of the game, and we'll talk about the major penalties in a second. But besides that, Ohio State pretty much dominating, dominated that whole game. Clemson got their points off of big plays, and there is – you know, what, five, six big plays, um, you take those away, you know, Ohio State w- wins easily, but, you know, they they give up those big plays, they shoot their, themselves in the foot a couple times with those uh, stupid uh, penalties on fourth down, or third and fourth down, and um, just not being able to capitalize in the red zone, so... Uh, all in all, Ohio state shot themselves in the foot. Um, uh, they were the better team, but, um, it was not meant to be.
0: Yeah, I, I think I agree with much of that. I think, um, you know, it was interesting after the national championship game, um, you know, folks were talking about, well, you know what it would. Clemson or would Ohio State have been a better matchup against LSU? And, you know, some, there you are know, a few that said yes, others, no, this is a team of destiny with, with LSU. Um, I, I think the answer is yes, they would have matched a bit a better against LSU. And, uh, you know, if the right team shows up, I think they could have beaten LSU as well. Uh, Ohio State could have. Um, but that kind of gets to it. You're right. Ohio State was the better team, Um, and for the most part, they played like a better team, but they were definitely outcoached. You know, after the game, you know, I I said that, um, I said it after the game, right, that there were a couple of uh, things that happened that indicated to me that uh, Day was simply getting outcoached. And when you, when you have a team the caliber of Clemson, right, yeah, you might be better than them, might be playing better than them, but they're awesome otherwise, right? They're, they're loaded with recruits, right? They won the national championship the year before, you know? Yeah, Ohio State was a better team. They just simply got outcoached, um, you know, the more I think about it. And it also you know, kind of leads me down to what I kept saying. I mean, you know, for me, the jury is still out on Ryan Day. Um, yeah, he had an awesome season, uh uh probably as good as you could have hoped for, anyone could have hoped for. Um, but the reality is he was the first year head coach. And the question is, will he maintain the performance and make smarter decisions when he gets into the playoffs next year, if he does? Uh or is this really something where he's out of his element as a head coach and we start to, you know, decline like You know, Jimbo Fisher, Florida State, Larry Coker, Miami, Earl Bruce, Ohio State, right? Uh, Or or do we maintain? I don't know. But, yep, uh, we were the better team um, that just got out-coached.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think the biggest uh, things that show that were, one, the play calling, especially starting out that second half. Um, for, for, For the life of me, I don't know why Ohio State didn't throw more of those one-on-one balls like down the field. Uh, Of course, that was LSU's game, and they were really good at it, but Mm -hmm. uh, those wide receivers killed Clemson uh, cornerbacks. And I know Ohio State's could have too.
0: Yeah, they could have. And and frankly, you know, with that last play of the game um, that, you know, You got so elated while the ball's in the air and then it gets picked off. At the end of the day, if Olave and uh, Fields were on the same page, that was going to be a touchdown. I mean, uh, and, and they had connected earlier in the game a couple of times, you know. So I think LSU or LSU Clemson could have been had by Ohio State more through the air. And I think you're right. You know, the play calling just was not as aggressive as they were all year. Right against everybody, they were more aggressive than they were against uh Clemson,
1: yeah. And um, speaking of through the air, I, I, I that play that that one play from um that big that deep post over the middle from Fields mm-hmm. to Olave that was there yeah. multiple times. That what really irks me is I, I rewatched it, and uh, that play where he throws that interception when uh, Simmons is playing safety. And he's looking at that receiver the whole way. Olave was wide open in that deep yeah. post. He would have had an easy touchdown. He could have walked mm-hmm. into the end zone. If Fields would have just, because he already had looked off Simmons. Simmons wasn't going to be able to get him. If he would have looked back to the middle, that would have been an easy touchdown. Yeah. Um, just things like that that I look back and I'm like, man, there were there were things there. Uh, I I just think that yeah. Fields and was and that one's
0: more on Fields being. If you were a year older, probably would have would have got that one. Who knows? But yeah, um, yeah. So, and then of course, what we haven't talked about yet—recapping, <laughs> of course—the um, <laughs> the the, uh, the plays that you know a lot of people are saying, "Oh well, you know, Ohio State was robbed." And yeah, you know, I never I never like to say that with was a football game, uh, because at the end of the day, getting robbed means the game was close, right? And at the end of the day, um, you either make the plays to win or not, you know, what happened when they weren't, you know, they're not on the same page, right? They're, they're not calling the right plays, they're not going for two when they should be, things like that, you know. Nothing that the refs did yeah. Made up for that. You, you, know, to be honest.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like you talked about earlier, um, Ohio state decided to try to run the clock all the way down with nine minutes left. They had the lead. Uh, mm-hmm. and they, they got, they drove down the field, still had three, some minutes left. And I don't know why they didn't go for it on that fourth, fourth and three when they had been methodically driving down the field for that, the rest of that fourth quarter. Um, and then when and then when Clemson did score and they had that two minute offense, man, they, they were driving right through them like a hot yeah. knife through butter. And so yeah, it's were. just that different play calling. I, I don't. They could have done that the whole night, and I, you know.
0: Yeah, they they could have done that the whole night, but but also you know that's said been said many times with, with a bunch of different games. You know, any team pick a team. You know, they're down two minutes ago, and boom, 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 they go down the field. To me, that's a different thing. The play calling in the last two minutes, um, the whole scenario is, is just different. The, the defenses are always different. The, the defenses are, are trying to pre- prevent that one-on-one coverage and things right, like right. that. So, but, I mean, but, yeah, they still had – the point is they still had time to win at the end, and, and they couldn't do it. You know, that, that had nothing to do with the rest.
1: Right. Um, yeah. It's uh, the unfortunate thing is Ohio State had what 516 total yards of offense, 100 more yep. than Clemson. They yep. moved the ball. You know, it was just it yeah. was just the re- the red zone. They couldn't yeah. uh, finish in the red zone, and yeah. that was a, a big deal. But you know, talking about the penalties, I mean, <clears throat> the targeting targeting call. I keep watching it, and I, I mean, I, I can see why they call it. He does he does lower his head. I mean, he he leads with his head, but at the time he would have hit lawrence right in the chest plate um lawrence ducked into that he saw it coming yeah um, and there go i don't think it should have been targeting but at the end of the day he did lead with his head
0: yeah it, it, well he did and i still don't think it's a penalty because he was going to tackle um your point Lawrence in the chest and yeah. at the point he's making that decision to do that I don't know that necessarily he's thinking about leading with his head I think he's thinking about tackling how he's been taught to do which right. is ve- eventually going to be his shoulder veering in there right? right but of course Lawrence drops he doesn't have time to do this and, and it's a helmet hit right um, but, but there's just still a lot r- wrong with the call I I think, obviously, Lawrence saw it coming to your point, and he got um, opportunistic, and he got lucky. But think about it this way, too. Why was Lawrence allowed to come back in the game at that point, at least for a series? Lawrence was down from a helmet to helmet. There are concussion protocols. He should have been under concussion protocol, at least for the first series, until they cleared him to play again. But no, he came right back in because that was a fourth down, right, or third and long. Uh, A third and long, and they get the first down. So so he gets to come right back in. Why was that? Why was he not seated? So there's there's something wrong about that whole call any way you look at it. Number one, I don't think it was a targeting. I get it by the rule book. Um, that they call it, but why was the booth allowed to ring that one up and call targeting and yank him out of the game? I have an issue with that. But at the end of the day, accepting all of that, Lawrence should not have been allowed in the game, um, especially uh, on the, the very next um, set of downs. He should not have been allowed in.
1: Yeah, I didn't think about that, but yeah, I, I do agree with that. Uh... Because everybody automatically goes into concussion protocol, and that would have had to at least take a series. So, um. Yeah.
0: Well, and this guy was down. I mean, he was down. Now, I don't know if he was playing it. Personally, I think he was. Yeah, I think he I was. Can't, uh, I can't prove that. He, certainly, he could have been hurt. But either way, as, as long as he was down, the refs have to believe he's hurt. It's a helmet-to-helmet that they just called for targeting, so they have to be consistent. Either you called a target targeting call because of helmet-to-helmet, or you didn't. And if you did and that quarterback is down, why is he not in a concussion protocol? Right. If he's not in the concussion protocol, that must mean the act that you said happened didn't happen. (laughs) I mean, you know. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the other big one, of course, was the uh, the catch fumble return that was overruled by the Booth. Yeah. Um, that was, I think, the one that irks us the most because they overruled it when it should have stood on the field.
0: Regardless, yeah, it, if,
1: if they called a catch or incomplete on the field, it should have stood no matter what.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. That one was the most egregious. It was just wrong. Um, I don't know that the crew, was the SEC crew... I don't know that they ever came out and admitted that they were wrong, but not long after, the head of Big Ten officials says, yes, it was the absolute wrong call. That touchdown should have stood. So, yeah, that one was egregious. But again, at the end of the day, that would have put them up by two. Um, still plenty of time in the game. You don't know if you're going to get that other touchdown. You know, maybe it throws off the whole sequence of events. Um, that that sequence doesn't lead to the other touchdown that they get. Right? right. And, and therefore, yeah, um, they would have been ahead, but it doesn't decide the game. It doesn't decide the game, What it does is say, Hey, you better come out and fire on all cylinders next time because you're not going to get any help from the officials. In fact, they're going to screw it up so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was going to completely, uh, screw you up. um, all that being said, uh, and you, you know we were together. You heard me say it when they when they first showed it. I'm like, oh, that's not a that's not a fumble, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then as we watched the video, and that's what probably irks me a little bit more about it is you overturn that, but yes, it shouldn't have been. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't have been able to overturn it. Uh, based off the evidence but at the end of the day the evidence should have told you it was a good call (laughs) he fumbled he took four steps with control of that ball before he lost it now that obviously is going to be debated by everybody if you're a clemson fan or not ohio state fan you're going to say it wasn't or you know it was uh, yeah it was not a fumble if you're an ohio state fan or sympathetic to the big 10 i guess you can say yeah that was a that was a fumble right that's debatable but but to me i thought the video showed uh that it was actually a fumble which i guess the real point there is that really lends more credence to the fact that there at the very least was not enough evidence to overturn so why in the heck did you guys overturn it?
1: yeah yep completely agree with that and at the end of the day i mean i remember watching the uh I started watching the national championship in the second quarter and uh, Clemson came out strong, but that whole second half, um, like they, they just looked like they ran out of gas. Uh, I truly think that that matchup with Ohio state, how physical it was. uh, I think that took, I think that took something out of Clemson. I just don't think they were able to hang with LSU because of that game.
0: I agree with that. I I, I do agree that Ohio state uh, beat them up physically. Um, on the flip side, I think Ohio State got a little bit... I don't know what beat-up's the right word. I think they got beat-up worse in their last three uh, regular season games than they did against Clemson. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, it was a physical game. Alright, anything else about that one?
1: Uh, no. Um, it's tough, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're looking at the new season and what the new season will bring. And there's a, a lot of positive, uh, positive outlook into the season. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really, ex- really exciting with all the new changes and uh, the, some of the recruits that they have, which, you know, we're kind of, I'm going to go talk about that a little bit more in depth. Um, there, there's no reason looking at it now why Ohio state shouldn't uh, win their fourth big title, big
0: title in a row and be yeah. back in the playoffs. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, the biggest concern, obviously, for Ohio State at this point will be the secondary. Uh, I don't know. You you lose Young, obviously, on the defensive line, but they are so loaded at defensive end, um, and I think they've got a the good culture, you know, by maintaining one of the best defensive line coaches in the country and having this culture of great defensive ends it's just kind of pass off that knowledge so on, so on. And so I just think at the very least, the defensive ends are still going to be good. Um, they lose a couple of key people in the middle um, with uh, um, Cornell, with Landers, uh, Devon Hamilton, I believe. So, I mean, that's going to be a key, right? Can that middle uh, stay stout? Which They have incredible depth there, and they recruited... Fairly decently there. Uh, so I think with that, with the fact that they have people there, um, have experience because they rotate a lot, they have Larry Johnson as coach, I think the defensive line could be solid. Uh, linebacker, linebackers, I think they all return except for Malik Harrison, which is a loss. I thought he was the best of the uh, three, except for Browning. I think Browning has the potential to be the best. Uh, but he's back, right? Browning's back. The other linebackers are back. Sean um, Wade's back, right?
1: Yeah.
0: That, that's- so, um, yeah. I mean, the rapists are gone, <laughs> which hurts the secondary. But yeah, I've, yeah. I've, not, I've never spoken uh, all that floridly of either of those two anyway. I, never, I thought they had potential. Uh, I thought they showed signs um, here and there to where they could possibly be good. But by and large, uh, the product that we would see on the field when they came in was uh, sufficiently diminished versus the first teamer. So I, I don't know that we're what we lose there is key solid depth at the yeah. end of the day. Right. We lose depth.
1: Reap, uh, you know, it, it seemed like Reap was probably going to be a starter because uh, he did get some significant playing time, yeah. uh, especially in the last few games, and so. I feel like he probably would have been. So I think that's a little bit of a loss. Deshaun Went was more up and coming. So I don't really think all that one was a big of a loss. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's unfortunate. Um, But you still have Sean Wade. You got Seven Banks, who looks like he could be a decent corner, as well as Cameron Brown, plus uh, Josh Proctor, who's probably going to be fully into that safety role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's just going to have to... So his, he's going to have to learn ankles, but he is a hard hitter, and he goes after the ball, which is good. So, yeah. Um, you know, there's it, it's going to be tough with that secondary, and they'll get tested, especially early against Oregon. But yeah. Um, at the end of the day, they still have a good, stout defensive line. Uh, a little worried uh, about the linebackers because. Toughborn and Pete Warner are still there. I mean, they're good hard hitters, but they're just, they're both slow. So, yeah. Um, and they don't match up well against like tight ends and slot receivers. So, yeah, it's a little bit concerning still. Um,
0: it, it is, but, you know, they, they, they make for a great debates because I tend to agree with you. But Ohio State uh, around them, they've recruited a lot of four and five star fast linebackers. Uh, a few of which have been there for a couple of years, right? And we're and, and right. still not pushing those two out for playing time. Um, you have, you know, we don't have, you know, whatever, Bill Davis, you know, we don't have that idiot anymore. We don't have <laughs> yep. Shano and, you know, these other idiots. Uh, we got good, you know, Al Washington, good linebacker coach, it seems. We got Madison, good coach. Kerry Combs has come back in, good coach. So, <laughs> Yeah, you got four and five star guys around them, and you've got really good coaches that are still playing them. So, you know, (laughs) they got to be pretty good. But I, yeah, I feel the same way you feel about it. It it just doesn't feel like they are the best to be out there. But the, the coaches put them out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're. I think it's just when it comes to playing fast receivers. Now they're they're good at stopping the run and filling up holes. Uh but it's just when it comes to those quick uh you know like slants that killed him the last couple games that was all on them hmm um and so I think that that was the the biggest issue but uh real quick, speaking of coaches what do you what do you think about Kerry Kim's coming back
0: well, yeah, you know, I was on the uh, ozone the day he was uh hired, and sure enough, everybody on there is just oh going nuts you know, talking how wonderful it is and everything. And I got on posted and nobody responded to me, which kind of surprised me. But I I said, uh, Carrie Coombs, Ohio state 2020 equals, um, uh, what's his name? Josh Gaddis, Michigan, 2019, summer of 2019. Right. It was the same thing. I just remember all last summer, you know, Michigan fans. Oh, Josh Gaddis. Uh, We're going to have the greatest offense ever, you know, Uh, you know, just not dialing down the hype or the expectation or anything. Same thing this year. Kerry Coombs comes in uh, as co-defensive coordinator. Now automatically, uh, you know, we're going to, we're not only going to miss a beat, not miss a beat because halfway has gone. We're going to be even better. And I'm thinking this guy's never called a defense before, just like Josh Gaddis had never called an offense before. I don't believe that Kerry Coombs has called a defense before.
1: Well, I somewhat disagree with that. I think Kerry Coombs is still primarily the defensive backs coach, which he has been for a while. I still no, think I, I think he's
0: co-defensive. Is... He's a co-defensive coordinator. And the last I heard, the final play decision goes to Coombs. Really? Yeah.
1: Okay, well, in that case, maybe. Because I, th- I think Madison is still going to call the majority of the defense. I don't – but if – Coombs does, and maybe, yeah,
0: I could see a little inkling for worry, but. Well, it's not so much worry. It's just that, you know, let's not, be careful not to be like Michigan fans and never hype somebody just because we liked him before as a defensive backs coach, you know. Um, I remember 2004, um, I think it was, yeah, it was just after uh, D'Antonio left to go to UC, and I think his name was Mark Snyder. Um, you know, he came in uh, as the defensive coordinator and there's uh, there a lot of hype. You know, this is going to be good. He's going to basically just, you know, take over where Dan antenna left off. Now in this defense, we lost a lot of defense uh, from 0203 when we had incredible defenses, but we were terrible in 2004 defensively. And, uh, you know, it was like, oh, what, ha- what happened? You know, well, you guys, <laughs> you put unreal expectations out there. And that's all I'm talking about. I, just, I don't want us to put unreal expectations that, you know, that Kerry Coombs is the savior, that we just don't know how good he is.
1: Right. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, what do you also think, uh, Mike Gersuch? I mean, we, we knew he was pretty much going to be gone, but I think we were both pretty
0: much okay with that <laughs> yeah um now take this with a grain of salt because it kind of i heard this after he had already decided to go and you know how that always is rumors always start to fly and yeah so i i saw something posted um that oh well apparently the rumor was you know coaches just weren't getting along on the offensive side and they're not really all that upset to see your switch go, or something like that, to that effect. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. What I do know is that you got Kevin Wilson back there, a guy who has been there, done that as a head coach. He had great offenses with Indiana. Um, he took Oklahoma. I think it was Sam Bradford, right? One Heisman under Kevin Wilson. You know he. Um, had Oklahoma scoring 60 points a game back in the day. Yeah. And you have Ryan Day, who is an offensive-minded coach as well. So I, I don't think losing such matters.
1: No, I don't think so. Um, and I wanted to speak on the offense, but uh, since it was a, a big event in the past couple of weeks, what do you think of the uh, Mike D'Antonio fallout uh, <laughs> at Michigan State? <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, so a little surprised, um, because, you know, the, they had already given him the, um, the okay, you know, Hey, we're still going to have him as a coach. And so he was you know, still, still going to be their coach and, and he had been there for so long that to do it at that point in time, the way it happened, clearly something was wrong you know, clearly, clearly something was wrong. So there's just a lot of speculation about it. I think D'Antonio uh, had, was kind of done as Michigan State coach. I didn't think, I thought he did a fantastic job of bringing them to where he brought them. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you can only play luck for so long. And, then that, and that's what I felt it was. Yes, you can develop these two- and three-star players um, but you, there's no margin for error. Yeah. Right. You can develop these guys and, and, and you gotta get, even, even when you're doing that, you have to get the exact right two and three star guys. Right. And so when you're doing that, there's just little margin for error. And I think, you know, uh, with time comes entropy. And I think that's kind of what happened there. And it happens at, at other schools as well, that a specific formula based off of that, uh, you know, is going to go awry uh, over time. And I think that it hit with Antonio. I didn't think they were going to be any better next year than they were this year. Um, So losing to Antonio, I don't know was a huge deal uh, per se, except for the way it happened, because now they end up essentially going out and getting an unproven uh, coach that frankly, I don't think is all that great. I don't think Mel Tucker is going to be a good uh, head football coach and uh, he doesn't have any talent uh, uh, in Michigan State per se um, to, to build off of. He's got to play Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I just the way it happened for Michigan State, it's for the worse because uh, I think they're just going to start going deeper and deeper down uh, in that division. Yeah, that's.
1: What well, My exact thoughts on that as well. Uh, we knew that D- D- D'Antonio was going to be at the door soon. It's unfortunate it happened the way it did. Uh, but yeah, Michigan State has been on the decline and the way they are now with the lack of recruiting and the talent they have. And now these unproven coaches, uh, yeah, I don't see... I see Michigan State being in a, a big rut for at least a few years. Yeah. Um, where Penn State was
0: uh for, for a little bit. Yeah. And I'm on the fence though, um, as to whether or not I think it's a shame for for d'Antonio because he retired the day before National Signing Day, which is basically him saying you" to Michigan State. Right? Right. Yeah. Which well, why did he do that? Well the rumor is um they hired him they 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 kept him which in january i think he had some longevity bonus and i think i'm not I don't, I don't know this for certain this is me speculating but i think um had they let him go or he somehow would have left before that point in time in january he wouldn't have gotten it's like 4.5 million dollars or something right so not knowing what I don't know, if you think, okay, there's speculation about this guy's job, they let him stay beyond that point where they have to pay him out four point five million that they're kind of being somewhat benevolent, <laughs> you know? And then shortly after he says, F you. All right, well, why does he do this? Well the rumor is is because apparently he wanted it to be his last year, but he wanted to choose his successor, um, and then he had caught wind that since it was going to be his last year, you know, they they hired a uh, a coach search firm or something to look for the next coach, and that upset him, right? Because he wanted to pick his successor, right? Uh, and so he, he decided to resign. If I accept that at face value, then screw you, Dantonio. I hate these coaches who think it's about them. You know, Meyer. People would argue, oh, well, Meyer got to choose his successor. Well, did he? You know, I mean, at the end of the day, he kind of lucked into that. He hired Ryan Day because he thought he was an awesome coach. And guess what? It turned out to be true, right? And right. given the circumstances that happened with Meyer during the year, before the year, during the year, etc., it truly was the Best outcome that could have happened for them at that time, right? right? I don't know that I would exactly call that having some real plan in place to choose your successor, you yeah, and, and it succeeded, right? Um, and so I just don't know where head coaches get off with that type of arrogance, thinking, oh well, you know, this is a kingdom now, this is my kingdom, and I am going to choose the successor to my throne, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, probably
1: because he's been there for so long and uh, it's pretty much worshipped. You know, pretty much worshipped at uh, Michigan State. For, yeah, which
0: is their own fault.
1: Yeah, for uh, you know, granted he did uh, bring them into some some great seasons. Got him a couple of oh, yeah. titles. Um,
0: got him the playoffs.
1: Playoff appearance once, and uh, I think the year before that, where they were, was it? I think the year before the playoffs started, they beat uh, Ohio State, and then they won the they won the Rose Bowl. That was probably the best team they had. If that playoffs were open that year, I think they would have had a good shot at a national title.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: But, yeah. Um, now they're they're down, and it looks like they're going to be that way for a while. Um, so I wanted to move back kind of into uh, – the recruiting after in the December and now February signing days uh, got a lot of uh, really good potential recruits, especially on the offense. So, uh, you know, yeah. who are, who are some guys you're excited about? And uh, what are you looking forward to see? Looking forward to seeing as uh spring practice comes in a uh, couple months. So nice.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I think number one, right, because it kind of goes back to, you know, we were talking about the defense. We're talking about Ohio State, you know, next year and how they might look. We talked about the defense. Defensive line, pretty good. Linebackers should be great. Secondary uh, will lack depth. How can they build the depth, right? Offense, it's quite a different story. I think they return most of their offensive line starters. Uh, I know Josh, uh, uh, Jonah Jackson is – you know, he's gone, but I think by and large, they keep most of the offensive line. Um, obviously, they have Justin Fields. Uh, they have, uh, you know, a good tight end crew um, that, that's still there. Receiver wise, your veteran receiver now, your number one receiver, and frankly, could have been argued he was probably that this past year anyway, but Chris Olave. He's back. He's changed his number to number two. He's clearly excited and pumped for next year. So you got basically your number one receiver back with your tight end core, with most of your offensive line, your starting quarterback, right? Um, who else receiver? Well, you probably got the best, in my opinion, freshman. Frankly, probably the best, one of the best freshmen in the country last year with uh, Garrett Wilson guy's an amazing receiver Um, and and you have a few other uh, receivers that kind of flank around them that offense should be amazing next year with one big question mark what's the running game going to look like Um, I'm saying all of that because you were really talking about recruits I think they've got amazing receivers that are going to step in I think a couple of them are going to play uh, very similarly to how Garrett Wilson played this year, I think they're that good. They'll look that similar. Um, and, and so I think it's just going to enhance an already strong receiving core. And you know, you'll have a, a second year Justin Fields who isn't going to make the same um, <laughs> mistakes that he made in the game against Clemson. Uh, so I think recruit-wise on offense, I think they plug in and fill in depth on an already solid offensive line. They uh, plug in and provide solid depth for an already amazing receiving core and two strong um, quarterbacks, uh, five stars. So I think they're both five stars, right? So this, and this is an amazing stat, right? I think this is the first time ever Ohio State will have three five-star quarterbacks on the roster. That's amazing, that is amazing. right? Yeah. So, recruit wise, I just think every way you look at it, with the exception of the running back group again, any way you look at it, they already have amazing set pieces.
1: They have
0: amazing depth that they're adding. Um, I think it leaves just that one little question mark. at running back. Yeah, Master Teague looked great the whole year, but at crucial times, when he's put in at a crucial time against Clemson, he didn't look good at all. Um, Domins was injured. Uh, They they had to use him sparingly. They still used him well, but Master of Teague did not step up. And so the question is, is he going to use that as motivation and and be the guy next year? Because I think he can. He proved that he could the way he played. Or is he going to be that guy in key situations that played in the Clemson game? Because I don't think I think they have some good depth at running back. Um but as of right now we don't have an Elliott. We don't have a Dobbins, etc. back there.
1: Right. And I agree with that. Uh Teague definitely has power. He's a strong back like Beanie Wells, but he doesn't have the vision like Dobbins does. Uh he does he does have speed. Um he He is fast for the, how powerful he is, but uh yeah, it's definitely the main thing is that vision that i think he's lacking it he's definitely gonna have to get better at uh i believe the other is it Crowley um that i believe is it, it twenty four his number he might have changed it, but i think his name's Crowley and he's the uh he was the third string last year for running backs.
0: Is that right? Um, yeah, Marcus Crowley and Steele Chambers, Yeah, uh, the, the two backups. One of them got injured, though, uh, and I thought was having knee surgery or something, um, which either way, they should both be ready to play when the yeah. season starts. And, and I think they got a running back. Um, wasn't their first choice, second or third, it felt like, but it was like a good, solid four-star running back that I think they might have recruited as well. um I'm yeah. a little fuzzy on that, so I'd have to work that got, out. But.
1: They got yeah, one four-star running back, uh, Mayan Williams.
0: That's right. Mayan Williams is his name. Well,
1: so. it's, it says he's three-star. I don't know if that's accurate. Does it? But, yeah.
0: yeah. According yeah. to uh,
1: Letterman Rowe, it says the, the two quarterbacks are four-stars, but I don't know if
0: that's they, – Well, they were elevated. This was a recent thing um, gotcha. where they were both elevated to five-stars. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I think any other team in the Big Ten, any other team, all of them, that includes Michigan, Penn State, and any of them would want to have the running backs that we have. Wisconsin would probably take Master Teague and make him, you know, uh, second in the Heisman Trophy, <laughs> you, you know? Um, so, yeah, you know, I don't want to sound like, oh, we got nothing back there. I'm just saying that that is that's the biggest area of question right now.
1: Yeah. And, and they'll have to work hard to keep the offense balanced, but without a doubt, the offense, um, should be lights out next year. Uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't utilize all that they have on that offense, especially the tight ends and all the receivers. Yeah. Um, I I think they should make specific plays for, for each of them, like Olave, like Wilson, um, I th- they definitely could do it. Yeah. Um, have specific plays ran out for them, And I think they oh, should, yeah. uh, because those guys need to need to get the ball in their hands for sure. Yeah. Uh, the thing I'm most excited about is the So I'm excited to see uh, the battle with two great prospects, um, what that depth will look like. Um, and really hoop is probably going to be the front runner for that, for the spot. Uh, yeah. The year after when Justin Fields leaves and, um you know who's going to be that quarterback between those two uh the tough thing we're ahead now with the transfer portal is you know if whoever gets the the nod over the other will that will the other stay or will they just head out and say see you you know and we'll be we'll be be back to square one again but
0: right. for now
1: for now at least next year it's going to be uh, at least we'll have that depth
0: yeah and i think to that point um yeah, the one who wins that competition between the two that come in, he will be set. That will be your starting quarterback in uh, 2021. Um, the other one probably, probably see something similar if it makes it that far uh, to what we had with Burrow and Haskins in the following year. You know, because it really depends on how that person does uh, in 2020 you know, t- 2021, right? right. Um, but I do think one of these is not long for Ohio State. I, with the way the transfer portal is and the way, um, you know, frankly, the two of them come in, they're, they're both saying the right things. I want to come in and I want to compete. But f- how much in the back of their minds are they thinking, oh, man, I am set any way I look at it. I'm either going to be the starting quarterback <laughs> at Ohio State or, you know, the same, same people that develop – uh, Burrow and sent him uh, to a Heisman trophy in another school, you know, those are going to be the same guys developing me, right? So I, I know that only one of them is going to stay. Ideally, at least one of them will stay if they're good, right? Correct. But the other one, I think, is excited to be there because they see the potential of being developed and being a starting quarterback in another Power 5 school, contending school, should it not work out for them. Ohio State. Frankly, I do see that. I see that for the near future of college football, because I don't know what's going to happen with this, you know, uh, name, image stuff. I, I don't know what's going to happen at what point they may try to start paying players and things like that. But what we have right now is that transfer portal. And I think it's going to, you're going to see this odd kind of, um, I don't want to call it collusion in any way, but just kind of this. Weird coalescence of different schools that become factories for one another, right? Right? You know, um, I mean, because look at Texas. You know, we're pulling players out of Texas, um, but they're they've got basically three of our ex-coaches, right? I mean, they got Tom Herman as their head coach. They've got Chris Ash as their defensive coordinator. They've got um, Yersich as their offensive coordinator. Um, who by the way is waking, making 1.5 million, which, you know, so they're going all out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you know, darn well, um, they are going to be, they've got people looking at the transfer portal and probably looking at specific schools and specific players because they have specific relationships with these other schools like Texas to Ohio state, Georgia to Ohio state, uh, et cetera. Right. Right. I just think there's going to be this kind of weird, uh, unwritten, um, uh, almost minor league system that they build within themselves.
1: And It will be interesting not only for big positions like quarterback, but for, you know, even important positions like offensive line. Yeah. Um, uh, especially offensive, defensive line. Because uh, that's, that's, those positions are, you know, Places where you really need depth, especially five strong each play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have to have depth uh, at those groups, and so yeah. Um, how much will we see that? You know, it happened with Jonah Jackson from Rutgers to Ohio State. Um, you
0: yeah, know, well, that was a little different because he right, was a graduate, graduate transfer. transfer.
1: Yeah, he's a grad transfer, but still, um, you know, could they potentially see now big? Offensive linemen that don't play much, yeah, uh, or defensive line since that's always stacked. That you know they think they could play somewhere else and they will. I mean, we've already seen it with a couple player, couple D linemen. I I believe this past year from Ohio State. You know, we 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 didn't really know their names, so they didn't really get any playing time. So you know they left, but you know we already had depth there, so it didn't really matter. But what happens if you ever get to that case where? You only have a couple guys, uh, well-known guys, and then everybody else is filling in, and you lose just a couple of those. You know, yeah, that that could that could hurt over time.
0: Yeah, and, and I think one of the things where, well, two things, right? Number one, it just jumped in my mind. You also have the Big Ten now proposing the um, uh, eligibility immediate el- eligibility for transfers. Um one time, right? Where where right now, you basically have to get that exception like Justin Fields did to transfer and be able to play unless you're a graduate transfer, right? Right. Um, Now, you know, NCAA hasn't gotten past yet, but the Big Ten has now proposed it, and other conferences have now stepped in and said, yes, they they agree and would like to see it as well. Um, you, You know, that with the transfer portal, if that were to take effect, uh, yeah, I, I think, I, I think that's, it's really going to make this weird kind of, um, partnership between schools almost, um, in fielding players. And I think where it could possibly help if teams look at it the right way. One of the things I am becoming more convinced of, um, you know, we always, I always moan about this, uh, love for the SEC, right? Um, this love for Southern schools. And I think the reason why you and I can argue it as Ohio State is because at least at this point, within the past five or six years, I don't think anybody could argue um, that Ohio State is not as elite as any of them, right? Even though Ohio State lost this playoff game, I do think everybody came out of it thinking, oh, yeah, that was a good Ohio State team. They probably should have won that. Right, yeah. which means that, yes, they are an elite team. We have that luxury of having an elite team in the North. But if you really look at it, there aren't really any elite Northern teams. And I think the chief reason is because you, we just don't get the linemen. Yeah, you look at the SEC, as much as I hate the SEC love, um, they, once again had five of the top 10 recruiting classes one of the things that i get angry with about the sec and the automatic love is it shows how terrible most of their coaches are you know i'll I'll pick on jimbo fisher again um he recruited very well this year he recruited well his first year but guess what the guy before him averaged a top 10 recruiting class or, or somewhere there close right you've got a crap ton of talent on that team He's just a terrible coach. Point is, is they have they recruit not only they recruit very well, but it's where they recruit. And it's that stinking defensive line. Ohio State thankfully has built a reputation for defensive ends with Joey Bosa, and Nick Bosa, now Chase Young. So they're becoming kind of you know defensive end U. You. you know all these defensive ends are going to give them a look and go there. Right. But why? And it's well accepted Ohio State has the best defensive line coach, and I think that's the key that makes ohio state the elite northern school the the one elite northern school because oh, they get those defensive ends and they stand a fighting chance in on the whole defensive line because they have the best defensive line coach but at the end of the day you go look at where the defensive tackles all the five-star top-notch defensive tackles are going they're going to sec schools yep. right um and I think what I'm trying to ring this back to is the benefit, I think, for other schools here, for the, the immediate transfer um, piece if it happens, and especially with the transfer portal, this is where you should – I think some of the northern schools should be going to get their defensive tackles, right, because they get in to Alabama for a year, and they're not making it because the other five-star got the job in front of them. You know, they're looking to get out. Now, many of these, when they look to, you know, they go to a big school like that, it doesn't pan out for them. They tend to move back closer to home, right? Um, But those that aren't looking to move closer to home, what about those that genuinely want a chance at a good school? They're a five star, they didn't quite make it at Bama or one of these other SEC schools. To me, that's where some of the recruiting focus should be going for northern schools is going into that transfer portal, looking at those um, strong. Defensive tackles. Well, right. you well, know, Southern schools. Where where would they be? Well, they'll be looking for quarterbacks. that are being developed at schools like Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I was. I mean, I was going to piggyback off that. I think you've already seen it
0: happening. I mean,
1: a good example would be Illinois uh, from this past year. Um, yeah. Illinois, who's who's been in the gutter for how many years? Hasn't been to a bowl game. Well they pretty much have all their talent from the transfer portal from a lot of Southern schools like Alabama, Clemson, um, like three, four star guys who haven't played there. Illinois got a lot of them and, you know, they played well enough to get themselves to a bowl game this year. So, um, I think that's a, a big, you know, that's only the beginning of of what you said.
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is, uh, as a fan of of Ohio State, I don't, I didn't like it that Burrow left. I didn't like it. Burrow's a little different because he graduated, so he was a grant, you know, graduate transfer. But Tate Martell, that's turned out to be a blessing this guy, because this guy is clearly an idiot, <laughs> clearly not the type of person you want on your team. But initially, it's like, man, this sucks. We're losing Tate Martell, you know, um, you know. So as a fan of the school, you don't like it, but. Frankly, if you're a fan of a middling, uh, uh, kind of a mediocre to good team, I mean the transfer portal and this immediate transfer stuff, you want that to happen, right? If I'm Penn State, I want that to happen. Now it could be a double-edged sword, right? Because on the flip side of that, Penn State did lose a few good former five stars uh, to the transfer portal, you know, after this season ended, but it's the way you play that portal, I guess.
1: Yeah. Very true. Um, we'll see if the ramification, ramifications that has coming up, but for now, um, at least for this upcoming year, uh, all looks really well for Ohio State, so obviously they're going to have high expectations on them and they're going to be expected to get to the playoffs yet again, so yeah. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of how they handle it and uh, if they can have the same mindset as last year because I think they played a little bit of the underdog mentality last year. Um, this year, they won't really have that.
0: Uh, they won't, but I, yeah, I, I to me, if Master Teague steps up his game, if... They can keep those defensive backs if they can build a little bit of depth in the defensive backfield. I, yeah, I, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be in the playoffs again. Um, it won't be, you know, last year's team, and I said it all again to me, that was the best Ohio State team that I had ever seen. And frankly, I thought they were good enough. I still think they were good enough to have won the national championship. They just didn't get it done. And that's, I don't know, I think they can. They can be good enough to do that next year. But at the very least, though, yeah, the playoffs. Um, I don't see any tough games on their um, Big Ten slate. I don't think the Big Ten's going to be as good next year as it was this year. And it didn't turn out bowl-wise, at least, being as strong as what I thought they were. But, I mean, look at the teams Ohio State plays. In the Big Ten. If so look at the East, they're going to curb-stomp Michigan again. Um, Michigan, their time has passed. Uh, you know, I, I'm not worried about them. I'm asking to destroy them again this year. Uh, Michigan State, Ohio State will destroy them. Um, Penn State, I think they lose quite a bit. I don't think they'll be as good as they were this year. Uh, I think the only thing about that, it will be their toughest game because it's at Penn State, and for some reason, ooh, look at the white oh, the white in the stands, I'm scared, you know? Yeah. You, you wouldn't think that that would be a big deal by now. But uh, other than that, I mean, Big Ten, there's just nobody that's going to compete with them. Um, Oregon? I don't know that Oregon's really going to be that great next year. Uh, yeah, so can, it'll be a...
1: Oregon's going to be really good defensively. Uh, I think they'll take a step back offensively, uh, yeah. primarily with quarterback and everything. But their defense is – they're bringing back a lot of uh, quality guys on that defense, so that'll yeah. be interesting.
0: Yeah. Yes, but Oregon—they didn't. They, yeah, they had a solid defense, and for the Pac-12 and for Oregon, it was an awesome defense, and should be formidable, and it will be. I think what um, bodes well for them in their schedule, having a strong defense. They never—they didn't play an offense like Ohio State last year. Um, I, I think. The fact that it's at Oregon—that is a special atmosphere—and you know you have to travel all the way out there. I think it's going to be tough for Ohio State. Um, Ohio State, at this point, we don't know what we don't know. It's a long way to go between now and then. But at this point, I think Ohio State should win that game. It'll be a tough one, but even if they lose it, and it'll likely be—it would be a close game. Uh, they could still run that table and make the playoffs. Yeah, um,
1: and looking at all the um the teams, I think it, the Big Ten probably will be down a little bit. Uh, but looking at all all the teams they play, I kind of took a brief look at all the schedules, and uh, it's like every every Big Ten team has a uh, has like a th- hard three game slate for some reason. Um, you mean
0: like right in a row, or just yeah, like, like right in a row, three.
1: like. Uh, let me let me look real quick because I know – I think Penn State plays Michigan, Iowa, and Ohio State all in a row. Um, I'm pretty sure Wisconsin plays, I, I think, Michigan, uh, Penn State, and Minnesota all in a row. Ooh, yeah. um, so, so, you know, just like things like that. Um, I think most of the teams um, – or maybe it was – no, maybe Wisconsin – it was Notre Dame, I think they play. Notre Dame, Penn State, Minnesota, I don't know, something like that. But yeah. it seems that most, most of the teams uh, in the Big Ten will have like that tough slate, um, which could uh, really, really hurt them
0: uh, yeah.
1: throughout the course, especially if they have to play three tough ones in a row. I think Ohio State lucks out, because I think they're at the end of that stretch uh, against Penn State. Um, yeah. Even though it's at Penn State, they have to play yeah. Michigan and Iowa first. So um, so I think that stuff like that that kind of favors Ohio State too. Um,
0: yeah, that favors Ohio State, but it didn't this past year. <laughs> I mean, because uh, as you're saying, all of that, I, can, I am just fast-forwarding to next year, and I'm going to picture in my mind Penn State fans whining about that, you know, and to which I would say, hey, you know, we had Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin – right in a row last year so don't come whining to us
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i think that helps cuz i don't believe we have that this year i think all the the games are pretty evenly spread spread
0: out i think they are um let me check while you're checking that i am checking the score of the basketball game ohio state is currently up by 8 points on maryland in the um, what is three quarters of the way through the game.
1: Nice. They'll uh, Ohio State definitely have to uh, win a couple of their last few if they want to hope to make the uh, the tournament. This uh,
0: I think if they win this one, I think they're pretty well set. Because they're sitting the funny thing is because
1: I, I haven't been paying too much attention to the basketball uh, team this year. Um, but I just think it's funny that they're ranked 25th and they're, they're sitting 10th right now at the big
0: 10. Yeah, they're 10th in big 10, which uh, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, speculation that about 11 or 12 of the 14 big 10 teams will get into the tournament. Um, because nobody can seem to win all that well on the road, which is what's happening to Maryland right now. They could still win this game, but I mean, they're losing, um, but for Ohio State, if they were to win today, Maryland's number seven right now. they're 22 and four, they would be 22 and five. Ohio State, in that scenario, would have beaten Maryland, a top 10 team. they would have crushed Villanova, uh, crushed Penn State, uh, a top 15 team, right? Beat Kentucky, beat UC, um, beat Michigan. You know so, uh, yeah, I think. I think if they win this one, uh, they're probably set.
1: Yeah. Um, So looking at, yeah, Ohio State's schedule sets up really nicely. Um, They do have Oregon that second game of the year, but the rest of their non-conference is Bowling Green and Buffalo. Then their first Big Ten game is against Rutgers. Um, They do have four in a row, Iowa at Michigan State, at Penn State, Nebraska, but Iowa and Michigan State both lose a lot. They'll have Iowa at home, so that should be an easy game. Iowa on the road isn't usually tough. Uh, Michigan State will be decimated. And then, yeah, it's at PSU, Nebraska. We'll see how both of those go, but otherwise. And and then it's Indiana, Maryland, Illinois, but right before Michigan. So um, the back stretch at least sets up really nice.
0: Yeah, I think of a back stretch. The toughest is probably Indiana there. Of that stretch you just talked about with those four games, uh, Iowa, they're going to destroy Iowa. Yeah, it was it will be three four years removed since the Iowa debacle, but that's the last time they played Iowa. There's still some of those players on the team. Uh, Ohio State is going to murder Iowa. They're going to take out a lot of aggression in Iowa. Um, Michigan State, like you said, kind of decimated new coach. I don't see Michigan State being all that much. Although this is that, that game. It'll be at Michigan State, I think, right? And, um Every first-year coach, you know, and this is my philosophy. I think any first-year coach that starts out at a mediocre team that had some marginal success the prior year, meaning they have some things that they think they can work with, and they know that the fans aren't going to expect them to come out and win the Big Ten, right, or win whatever conference we're talking about. They know that that's not going to happen. They're thinking, well, what one thing can I do? If I just focused on one thing that I can do that'll ingratiate the fans and really set me up for Michigan state to be beat Ohio state at home in front of a national audience. And so barring that, that they actually have that game happen. I don't think Michigan state should be a big deal. Um, Nebraska, eh, I don't think they're going to be there yet either. That's going to be at home, right? Home? Yep. yep. And, and, um, yeah, so the toughest one of that grouping is Penn State. And like you said, Penn State's got some tough games beforehand. So I don't know that – it doesn't really look like a murderer's row to me right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it definitely sets up really nicely. So I let's see how many they have the thing is with their schedule, all their away games are back to back, so they got work and then their other four at Michigan State, at Penn State, and then at Maryland, at Illinois. So at least of the road games they have are not terrible. No. Um So yeah, otherwise, looks like it's. Let me look at. Let me look at. Shit again, schedule. Because I'm, uh, it's probably gonna be between I I would think Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan for yeah. the East, and then, uh, Michigan they have Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan State, Minnesota in a row um
0: say that say that again
1: so michigan has wisconsin and penn state at home and then at michigan state at minnesota
0: yeah that, that could be a tough four game stretch for them
1: yeah that's their oh i did not write. so michigan is at washington uh, to start off the year i didn't know that they huh. i don't think washington will be any good but that could be interesting
0: yeah but it's at washington and yeah, a, uh I could see, I could see Michigan going out and losing that one.
1: Yeah, and then the, and then they have an easy three game st- stretch before Ohio State, but that one, that four game may maybe uh, tough for them. And then Penn State, Penn State has, yeah, they're at Michigan, Iowa, versus Ohio State at Indiana.
0: Michigan, Iowa, Ohio State, Indiana. That's yeah. Penn State. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be a touch a tough stretch for them. Add Indiana. Could be a tough game for them after the you know, Ohio State beats them up.
1: Could be. And they do, they're non-conference. They do have Virginia Tech. Um, Virginia Tech is always mediocre, but it's at Virginia Tech, so who
0: knows? Yeah. they could be up for that one. What about Wisconsin?
1: So there's some interesting, uh, interesting non-conference games this year for sure. The big 10, which is pretty cool. Um,
0: let me check. Hold on.
1: Wisconsin. So it looks like Wisconsin stretch. Um, they have at Michigan versus Notre Dame and, uh at Lambeau Field, and then versus Minnesota.
0: That's a tough stretch.
1: And then they finish versus Nebraska at Iowa. So, um, and, and they have an interesting non-conference at. They have App State who's coming to visit before Michigan too. So, mm. um, that could be interesting.
0: Yeah, that could App a-
1: State. App State is a good Group of Five team.
0: Yeah, I'll have to look at what uh, Wisconsin has coming back, and what they're losing. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. I, I didn't think that they were going to do what they did last year. So, but it's a at this point right now, it's really hard for me to tell who's actually going to win that West Division. I, I do think. Especially based off of everything you just said, I think, yeah, Ohio State's most likely to win the East again this year. I don't have any clue about that West division. Yeah. It, um, looks,
1: it looks like Minnesota has a little bit easier. Their, their toughest stretches at Wisconsin versus Michigan at Illinois at Michigan
0: State, which is not as bad. Not as bad, but it is Minnesota. And, and yeah. Yeah, even. Even the Minnesota of last year, that would have been a tough stretch for them to get through unscathed.
1: Right. That the unfortunate thing, it does look like Minnesota has four out of five away games, uh, right in that middle: at Maryland, at Wisconsin, Michigan at home, at Illinois, at Michigan State.
0: Yeah, I, I see them losing one or two of those. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what it's going to come down to for the West, right? Is yeah, Minnesota.
1: Wisconsin again, probably.
0: Yeah, well, not only that, but the fact that I don't think there, it doesn't sound to me at least right now, you know, I haven't done the research I'll do, you know, in August, right? right. But it just feels to me right now that there, aren't, there is not a team amongst that mixed mix that you mentioned that um, is heads and tails better than the other. So the stretches that you talking about, they're all likely to lose two games here and there, right? So it, it's going to look a lot like uh, this past year, um, but more of two to three lost teams versus you know a couple at the top that were battling. Right. And you know, maybe Purdue will sneak back up in there. Maybe Nebraska will actually <laughs> be a little uh, bit better next year. Uh-huh.
1: I highly doubt it. But Illinois, maybe they can have a decent year. I mean they pull they pull Indiana and Ohio State out of the east and Rutgers, so
0: not too bad. Who is that? Illinois does? Yeah. Yeah, I, I Illinois felt like they were built for last year with all of those transfers, etc. you were talking about. Um, I don't know if they're going to parlay that success into a second year. I don't know that I'm yeah. necessarily, at least not at this point. Again, I'll do my research like I did last year when I did have them as a dark, dark horse, right? Right. Um, but at this point, I don't, I, it likely is to be between Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa again. Yeah, probably. Um, well, it'll be
1: uh, be interesting because I don't think Ohio State Ohio State doesn't pull either Minnesota or Wisconsin this year. So um, not
0: until the Big Ten championship.
1: Yeah, so that would be a, a good refreshing matchup to see a team from the West you haven't played yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would be at least not for a while. Right? I haven't played them for a while. Right. Um so what about national wise? Right now, who do you think are the are the key teams from each conference?
1: The key teams, uh Yeah. SEC definitely Alabama. Uh they they have loads of talent returning. Uh that defense was they had a lot of injuries. A lot of those guys will be back. Their defense will be much better. Um and LSU, the only thing that's been keeping them back, they'll have a great defense, but the one thing that keeps them back is a good quarterback. Um, and outside of Joe, Joe Burrow, I mean, all their quarterbacks have been mediocre, and so they haven't had yeah. much of an offense. And I right. foresee I foresee that happening next year. I don't think their quarterback will be nearly as good, and so um, yeah, I think I think they definitely take a step back. I agree, uh, and lose lose a couple games. Um, so I think Alabama. Takes the SEC, uh, the ACC, uh, it's still going to be Clemson. Yeah. Um, I think North Carolina is going to be a dark horse. Uh, I don't. I don't think North Carolina plays Clemson. I think I think North Carolina will make it to the ACC championship game, and I think uh, they could give them a run. Uh, every time North Carolina has played Clemson in the past couple of years, they have played them close. So yeah, um, that could be an interesting. Uh, Development. Um, yeah, if, if North Carolina can't prove to win the their division, um, but I think it's still going to it's still easily Clemson for now.
0: Uh, um, I agree with you.
1: Um, from the Pac-12, uh, I I think it's Oregon. Um, they have, like I said, they have a lot returning on defense. Uh, it's, I don't know yet what their offense is going to look like, and so I mean, we we'll, we'll see. Especially when they play Ohio State, uh, that'll be a good matchup for likely well d- defending defending uh, div- division um, titles. Right, uh, th- those two teams will be playing, and so I think they're both probably projected to win the Big Twelve or the Big Ten and Pac twelve respectively again. So um, that's probably why that matchup is going to be really big. Uh, But I still foresee Oregon winning the Pac-12. And then the Big 12, Ah, man, I'm probably least confident on the Big 12 uh, because we don't know anything about these Oklahoma quarterbacks this time. Um, That defense is probably still going to be the same. Texas, they'll probably have a lot of their guys back there just decimated by injuries. So, um, Texas will be physical and stout. Uh, I just don't know anything about Texas or Oklahoma at this point to know. I mean, it's probably going to be between both of those, I would assume. Um, but I, I think both of them lose quite a bit. So, I don't know. Um, what's the last one?
0: I think you got them all the five, the power five at least.
1: Did I? SEC, ACC. Oh, yeah, Big Ten. Oh, I didn't I guess I didn't say Big Ten. But, yeah, Big Ten, I already said Ohio State. so Right, right. Um, if I had to choose uh, a playoff, I think right now, um, definitely Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson. Um, man, that last one's tough because I think – either a one-loss Pac-12 or a one-loss Big 12 are just going to slide in again and get clobbered by whoever. Just like
0: last year. (laughs) All right, hold on a second. I'm feeding the the pug. On you, you mark, get set, go. Yes, I heard (laughs) you. I just had you on mute as I was getting food ready.
1: But yeah, um, that's probably going to be the way it is.
0: So who do you think of the playoffs again?
1: So Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, and then either a one loss uh, or again, Oklahoma or Texas that just ends up sliding into the fourth spot only to get clobbered yet again.
0: Yeah, yeah. so I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, yeah, Ohio State is going to win the, the Big Ten. I think the Probably the um, Ohio State. Ah, I don't know that there really are in my mind right now any other elite teams in there. Um, so definitely Ohio State in ACC. Yeah, uh, Clemson, uh, North Carolina with with Mac. They're they're building something nice there. Uh, but to your point, I don't think they're ready to you know severely uh, threaten anybody as of right now. So. Uh, I think it's still just Clemson. SEC, I agree with you. LSU takes a step back. Yeah, they lost Burrow, but it's not just Burrow. They lost the passing game coordinator, who seemed to have a knack for knowing Joe Burrow as well. Um, so, yeah, they'll yeah. take a step back. It's going to basically be Bama, Georgia, and Florida, in my opinion. Um, Auburn will do what they always do. They'll hit and flash, hit and flash. A&M will be Jimbo Fisher, right? So they don't expect much from them. The Pac 12, uh, to me, that's the most unclear. Uh, USC had a tear. They had the worst recruiting class ever, which I think is important because they showed flashes last year. Um, Good quarterback play at times, strong offense, defense left quite a bit to be desired. Um, You know, they retained their offensive coordinator. Uh, So it's like, other than the recruiting, it was positive maybe going into next year. But, man, you can't can't manage to compete if you don't recruit better than that. So I I just don't know USC, but then again, I don't know anybody else. Washington, they've got a new coach. Uh, Last year, they weren't great. Uh, which I didn't think they would be because they had lost a lot from the year prior. Um, but with a new coach, it's Washington. I don't know if they recruit all that wonderfully. So I'm not sure how they're going to be uh, Oregon. They lose their quarterback. Yes. They'll have a, a good defense. Um, Stanford. Uh, I said it a couple of years ago. I thought that they were on the downward trend under Shaw and I think they've been proving that and I don't expect them to be any better than mediocre. Uh, Arizona state, they're cute. You know, they, they've <laughs> got all these, uh, named NFL coaches that they have on staff, you know, head coach and on the staff and, you know, they played some decent games, but I don't know. I'm not all impressed with them either. <laughs> it's the, uh, and I'm not going to make a mistake at least at this point and, you know, making some dumb, uh, Um, uh, what what I want to say it's some dumb um, uh, but I'm not going to make any uh, outworldly predictions about UCLA (laughs) so I I think uh, yeah probably Oregon it's probably Oregon from there can't really think of anybody else if it's not Oregon I guess what I'm saying is they're not making the playoffs I I don't see anybody that includes Utah I know I didn't say anything about them but I never thought of them as being all that great anyway. I think last year was their best chance. Uh, I think they blew it. And I yeah. think they'll be mediocre, at least from an overall perspective. And they may look great at the Pac-12, but they're they're not going to be all that great. Um, Big 12. I think it's Oklahoma and Texas, uh, with maybe Kansas State, um, depending on what they can muster maybe making a, a battle of it. Baylor's taking a step back and made a terrible uh, head coaching choice uh, to replace Matt Rule. But, you know, how can you yep. – he's Baylor. So it's not like he right. can just go out and pluck a, an Urban mire here or there, right? Right. Uh, so I don't expect much out of Baylor or as much. Um, Kansas State maybe. Uh, Oklahoma, I think they have uh, solid – they'll have a solid team. Um, I don't know if they'll be much better defensively. Yeah, they will have a quarterback question. Um, because of those things, I don't know what all Texas returns, but Herman is bound and determined to do something. If That's clear. Whether he can do it or not, that's obviously left to be seen, but he hired Chris Ash, a national championship defensive coordinator. He went out and got Yersich from Ohio State, he knows Ohio State. He knows that offense. He's a good offensive coach. He came from Oklahoma State, that's always had good offenses. Uh, Tom Herman's pulling out all the stops. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I think because the Big 12 won't be that great next year, Oklahoma has questions with their defense and with who's coming at quarterback. Uh, I can see Texas solidly contending there. Right. So. I think right now my playoff looks like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson.
1: Okay. Certainly don't want to see two SEC teams in there again, but I think this year it oh, could be plausible.
0: Well, you know how much I ranted almost every episode this year about the SEC love. Well, Nathan, it's about to get ten times worse next year <laughs> because because everybody was whining about it, and people have been media wise have been vocal in their disregard for it. Herb Street Fowler. These guys have been actually vocal about making fun of people because of it, so they clearly don't care anymore. And now that LSU went and won the national championship, I, yeah, I think the SEC love is going to be uh, at, a, at a zenith. Next year, um, I think the Big Ten's not going to be as good as it was. The ACC is going to be not very good next year. The Big Twelve isn't going to be great. The SEC recruited monster classes this year. Um, they're going to get the uh, self fulfilling prophecy of having many of them ranked very high, and so they beat each other up and pat themselves on the back. Yep. Um, and given, and I think you're right. I think those teams in the Pac-12 are going to beat each other up. I think uh, Texas and Oklahoma will be the only ones in the Big 12 and I think because of their question marks uh, they are going to lose games outside of themselves playing each other. Um, Big 10 really is just Ohio State this year. It's a a perfect storm in my mind for them uh, to go with two SEC teams next year.
1: Yeah, well, we'll we'll for sure see. So a lot of uh, good outlook. Uh, Excited about what a spring game will bring upcoming. Um, But for now, anything else you want to discuss?
0: No, I think uh, think that's what we'll do is we'll keep track of the spring practices, see who develops. Um, see some of those backup quarterback competitions, maybe the secondary competition, the defensive line, and then uh, we'll regroup after the spring game and have another one.
1: All right. Um, one – actually, two quick things before we go. Uh, I don't know if you've watched any of it, but uh, do you have any takes on the XFL? And <laughs> uh, maybe watch Carl
0: Jones and play? Yeah, so I did not see any of the first week and I heard some good press. Oh, look like some good football. I, What was the league they had they tried to have last year?
1: The, the, I think it was
0: the AAFL or something. AAF or something. A-A-F it went halfway through the year. I tried watching one of those games. And oh my gosh, I would rather have shoved knitting needles in my eyes uh, <laughs> than watch it. It was terrible football. Um, so I'd heard good press about the first week of uh, XFL. that Oh, this is some good quality football. And yeah, Cardale Jones apparently had a good first game. So I tried last week watching DC. Uh, Cardale Jones watched that game. Uh, it was ugly football. <laughs> um, uh, so I watched about a quarter of it and turned it off. Um, I'm still he- seeing people report, though, generally, that oh, it looks like some decent football. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I, uh, as of right now, I haven't been too intrigued. But I want to because I gave up on the NFL, as you know, a long time ago. I don't like the NFL. I don't really like pro, pro sports all that much anymore. So, I was kind of wanting to have somebody to latch on to and thinking maybe it's D.C. because they have Cardale. Yeah. Uh, but as of right now, I haven't gotten a lot of enjoyment out of it.
1: Fair enough. I, I've watched more of it. Th- there are... Uh, some, there've been some pretty good games. Um, of course it's, it'll be more ugly cause it's you know still good football players, but just not ones that either made it in the NFL very long or, you know, were in practice squads, what have you. But, um, yeah, it, it's been some, some decent football. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: there, there's some, think- definitely some good, good players, uh, especially a quarterback. Um, I think the, the roughnecks, uh, Houston, mm-hmm. their quarterback PJ Walker, uh, he's been putting on a show. Cardale Jones, um, and uh, those teams also have pretty good defenses. And so, uh, but then there are other teams like, um, uh, well, oh, uh, New York and uh, mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay, who just have terrible quarterbacks, and
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's boy. pretty hard to
1: pretty hard to watch. But uh, yeah.
0: Well, and that's who D.C. was playing. They were playing uh, New York last week. And, yeah, uh, New York was really rough to watch. Another thing, uh, all of these leagues, XFL, um, NFL Europe. I don't even know if you remember that one, right? NFL Europe. I uh, was playing for a little while. and uh, This AAF. It's like the names that come up with these teams. Oh, yeah. It's like I always feel like I'm watching like a – a Disney, you know, teeny flick movie where yeah. they go with the dragons, the defenders, you know, it's like uh, how let's go to the most possible extreme we can to not offend anyone with with the nickname of our team. But even that, they're so unimaginative for the most part, um, Roughnecks, I think, is OK. But even that I've kind of heard before, you know, there's a Roughnecks, I think, in the Canadian Football League. And Dallas. No, that's the Renegades, right? Who are the yeah, they're, Uh Houston. Houston Redskins right, are the Oiler type. you know. Yeah. Oilers. Why didn't they go with Oilers? You know, the old NFL team. I wonder if they're not allowed to. That would have been good. Houston Oilers. That would have been cool. Um, but yeah, the New York Guardians, the D.C. Defenders. <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay. Uh,
1: the Tampa Bay Vipers.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Vipers. yeah they're so ridiculous i mean it's one of the things i've always loved about college football right are the cool names right the horn frogs the buckeyes uh you know i hate the team obviously but wolverines you know um nittany lions the yeah i mean a lot of these good names these clever fun names you know um (laughs)
1: yeah
0: well <laughs> it's not all. It's not all gold. <laughs> right. Golden Gophers, right? But yeah. just there's the goofy names and then some of these uniforms. Oh yeah. You know, like I, I think vibe. that's what. Yeah, the, the vibers, vibers. The, That's the one with the green, like the yeah. light.
1: Yeah. They're, that are hideous. The roughnecks are pretty good.
0: Yeah, and, and honestly, I don't know. I, I to me, I think their best bet would be if this doesn't succeed and we want um, a second football league to succeed. I really think they need to look at college football. Look at some of these cool uniforms. Don't try to get exotic and corny, like with the Vipers uniform. There was this one Orlando, I think it was Orlando. I don't know if it was in NFL Europe or where they, they had this fluorescent green. It was just terrible. (laughs) You know, it's trying to, I don't know trying to um, be gaudy so as to make themselves stand out or something you go with a cool uniform like some of these college uniforms are coming up with go with some cool names you know something that you know people uh, be excited about you know tailgating over i mean because let's be honest i'm not going to get excited tailgating for the defenders (laughs) go defenders i mean come on I want to say, I want to say, go Bucks! I want to say, go Horn Frogs! I don't, I don't want to say, go Defenders! Go Guardians! You're <laughs> super! You guys are just so great. <laughs> oh, man. So, that's fair my enough. take
1: on the XL. Uh, fair enough. And uh, last thing, because um, I never, I don't think we ever ran up the tally, but I know, I know, I won. So you
0: won. You oh, won. <laughs> yeah, the only chance I had was if Clemson won. Um, the championship game by a wide margin or something like that. I think that was the only chance I had, and, and I didn't get that, so <laughs> I lost. What did we bet, by the way? I can't remember.
1: I don't even think we bet anything.
0: We didn't. It wasn't like uh, a, a, some Bellhaven or something.
1: Uh, I don't know, but that is the one. If you remember the points or the tally or the number of games.
0: I don't off the top of my head. Um I would have to go look it up and maybe if you can remind me I will have that for the uh next one we do after the spring game. But um but you, you won both, right? You your your one loss is better and your points uh, were better as well. So twenty two seconds left. Ohio State's up by four. So we'll see if I can pull that one off.
1: Yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: All right, anything else?
1: No, I think that's a good recap after the
0: past couple months. Yeah. All right, Ramanathan.